Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Is it up to McCaffrey? There he goes! It's a C-back attack! This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Oh, what a difference a week makes. Uh, welcome to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Desmond Johnson here from Tobacco Road Sports Radio, joined by my co-host Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Uh, you can follow the Believe in Carolina Panthers pa- podcast by simply following the Believe Podcast Network on Twitter. That's at Believe Podcast. Um, Skylar, when we finished uh, previously on Believe in Carolina Panthers, the last podcast episode we had, we basically uh, had thrown our hands up at Sam Darnold being the uh, the quarterback of this football team. And we were kind of at a loss of what they needed to do next. Um, and I think we even brought up the idea of Cam Newton, but we you were kind of like, they're never going to swallow the prods, never going to happen. Maybe about eight hours after we finished that podcast, um, the, everything started kind of coming together. And uh, by mid, by Thursday, I think it was, uh, Cam Newton, Superman, had returned back to Charlotte, back in the building, Signed on a one-year deal, $10 million, uh, 4.5 guaranteed for the guy, and went through Friday, walked through practice. Um, let's just start there before we even get to Sunday. Uh, as, a, as a member of the media covering the team for Sports Illustrated, Skyler, what, what was last week like for you um, <laughs> with, the, with the return of Cam Newton to Charlotte? You want the honest answer? Yeah. <laughs> it was madness. Um, I mean, it was good. It was obviously good for business. Yeah. People want to read everything. So, um, yeah, it kept me busy, uh, busier than I thought I would be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But um, I- I'm glad to see it happen. You know, you know, last week when I was talking about Cam, and I don't know exactly what I said, but I know we talked about the situation of possibly bringing him back. I just didn't think they ever would. And at the time, I was just like, you know, Cam's not going to be the long-term solution. He's not going to be that the you know the same version of what he was in 2015. Like we know these things. Like even now that he's with the Panthers, we know he's not going to be their quarterback four or five years from now. Like that's right. just that's just the hard the cold hard facts. And I just didn't think that they would be willing to bring in. Cam Newton in the middle of the season, even though they're, you know, still in the playoff hunt, just because they know that he's not going to be part of the future long, long term. Now he might be here 22, 23, but, but once, once, once the whole thing went down, I started thinking about it and I was just like, why didn't I ever just agree with what you said (laughs) (laughs) and what everybody else has been saying? Like, You've got a really good defense, a playoff caliber defense. You have some pieces on the offensive side to make things work enough. If they just get some stability at the quarterback position, they can make a, make a run and get into the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. The best quarterback out there on the market is Cam Newton. We're past yeah. the trade deadline. You can't make a trade. Cam Newton is the best available quarterback and it, it honestly, in hindsight, is 2020. It makes the most sense. 
You know, it's great. Ryan Clark said it best uh, on Get Up. I think it was uh, Monday where he was like, you know, Cam Newton was a, a, a like a square peg in a round hole for 31 other NFL teams, but he's the perfect fit for the Carolina Panthers. And Absolutely. for some for some reason, it just it just works. And like it felt like as soon as they signed him, this is the thing I wanted to focus on the most uh, for this episode uh, as we get into it. And actually, you know, before we even get into that, I know I've got to read. Um, I do have a read for uh, Bet Online. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> so, Bet Online, they're back better than ever. New web interface for the start of the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Just go to the new updated website. Uh, it's desktop or mobile. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. When I first got the... Um, I was actually, I remember what I was doing. I was making a sandwich. I was in the kitchen. I was making something to eat. And I, was, I watched first take in the mornings uh, before I start doing uh, some radio work I have to do during the week. And I left my living room to go to the kitchen. When I came back around the corner at the bottom of the screen, it just said, breaking news, Cam Newton meeting with the Carolina Panthers. And I, I was just I, <laughs> like, I can't really express the, the emotions my mind ran through in that hour. Because by the time I think that hour was over with, they announced he had signed, re-signed with the Panthers. And I went to Twitter just to kind of poke around to gauge reaction. And that's when I knew that this was supposed to happen because literally the fan base, we've talked about it, the fan base, especially the past month, has been beaten down by the play of Sam Darnold in particular, uh, where it just felt like almost helplessness, like where you're sitting there watching a team, you've seen them be good, you know they've got good pieces, good units, but because of the play of one guy, I've never really seen it before. Because of one guy, it's just ripping the whole thing apart. And the Panthers are at a crossroads. They're in the middle of the season, somehow still miraculously in the playoff chase in the, a I mean, in the NFC. And with Cam sitting there, if, if Cam Newton wasn't called Cam Newton, if his name was Bob Smith or whatever, but he was the 2015 MVP, uh, had all these records to his name, uh, didn't have all the extra – press conference stuff and everything else that's been attributed to cam over the years he would have been snatched up weeks ago you know like but the personality i think it scared other teams off because they didn't manufacture it to begin with it wasn't organically made with the 49ers or with the the saints or somebody else that might need a quarterback in charlotte it fits because that's where it was birth you know like that that what you saw on sunday uh cam screaming taking off his helmet even running around uh, Glendale Stadium, uh, giving high fives <laughs> at the end of the game. We're in a road game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the, the atmosphere just changed once Cam got in the building. And there's a meme going around of uh, Robbie Anderson uh, staring at Sam Darnold <laughs> on the sideline. And then uh, and right beside it, side by side, it's him and Cam taking the selfie at the press conference Sunday. <laughs> and it's just like night and day how one dude can affect a team. And now we're in an interesting situation where we can be optimistic again. It's weird. We were optimistic week, uh, month one, then not then pessimistic for the last month. And now it feels like it's been turned on a dime and it's all because of one dude. It's crazy. Yeah. And 
you know, again, this all goes back to he, he's not the same version of his, his old self. We know that. But it do, he doesn't have to be the 2015 version of himself. He didn't have, I, I would say, the, the weapons that he had back in 2015, really in his entire career with the Panthers. Yeah. He still had this much, you know, weaponry. And the defense was always pretty good when he was here the first time. But this is a, a different type of defense, and it's – I would put it up there with maybe one of the best that he's had. You yeah, know, I would too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's close. Uh, I get there's the defense has had Luke and 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 Thomas Dave. Like I get that, but this is a really good defense. And when you have a, a defense as good as this one, you don't have to have elite quarterback play to get into the playoffs. Again, we talked about this early in the season. We were comparing Sam Darnold and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. That Jimmy Garoppolo got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Is, is Jimmy G a elite quarterback in this league? Hell no. Absolutely but not. He had an elite defense that helped him get there, and all he had to do is just manage the game. Manage the game. Alex Smith was known for many years to be this game manager because he he helped when he was with the Chiefs. It was kind of the same thing. All he had to do is just not turn the ball over. And now I think that's kind of what Cam Newton's going to be asked to do. And I don't know if it's, it's necessarily be not, you know, don't, turn the ball over but just you can't make crucial mistakes like Sam Darnold made two times this season they turned the ball over in the very first play of the game now I get one of them was Chuba Hubbard but you can't have those types of things happen we saw what happened with the Cardinals they turned the ball over second play of the game on Sunday and it just snowballs exactly and it, again he doesn't have to be 2015 cam he doesn't have to be 2016 17 18 cam all he has to do is come in here and be somebody that can rally this team together and bring a whole new energy because there's something about – and I said it earlier in the season when this team was 3-0. and When you have a young team that is confident, that is the most dangerous recipe possible. Yeah. And I feel like now that, that, that level of confidence has just reached a whole new height that it had never had before – because Cam is is showing that that energy on the sideline, locker room, the team meetings, practice, and when you saw that game come, happen on Sunday, it's it wasn't just the offensive side of the ball that was playing with a whole new energy. It was the defense, especially mm-hmm. these dudes were flying all over the field. I was going to mention that because I noticed that right off the gate that the energy level for the Panthers was on a different level than it had been at any time this season, where it felt like the defense was trying to get the ball so that they could get it to the offense so they could see Cam out on the field. And yeah. I, I'll be honest, I didn't really expect him to play on Sunday. He'd only had one day of practice, and that was a walkthrough at that. So wasn't really sure what they were going to do with him, although I, you know, I heard you know he's going to be on the plane, he's suiting up. So I'm like, okay, if they're doing all that, they've got something in there for him. I just don't know if they're going to get a chance to use it. And lo and behold, you know, we get to see it immediately – and you can't write a storybook better oh, than, than the way this went down. I mean, his first touch, he runs it in for a touchdown. Second touch, he throws it for a touchdown. Uh, I mean, it just – the thing that got me too, and this was something else that Ryan Clark had pointed out as well, but I noticed it when it happened. When 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 Cam Newton scored that first rushing touchdown, Christian, Christian McCaffrey loses it. Like he yeah. literally <laughs> like just loses his mind over it. And I'm just like – thinking did he ever act like that when sam darnold ran in one of those five or six touchdown rushing touchdowns that he had or whatnot you know it's, there's a different level of of fun like it felt like the panthers were having fun and yeah. 
that was the first time all year, even when they were three and oh, I didn't feel like they were having fun. They were just learning how to win. Sunday looked like they were out there, they could have played for eight hours. Like it felt <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it felt like they were just having a great time. And to see like uh Cam and McCaffrey on the sideline cheesing for the camera and the wide receivers happy. The, even PJ Walker was excited that Cam Newton's on the team. This is the dude's about to take your job. And he's he's excited that he's there. He's just like he just brings a different vibe. And I thought that I, I wanted to get into this part before we really dissect that game and what's going to be happening next. The, the whole reason why Cam was gone in the first place, because all this happened and people are now like, well, why did we ever let him go? And I think it was the fear of this. I think it was the fear of Matt Rule wanting to put his own stamp on this franchise and being fearful that he could not do it with Cam there or if Cam didn't take to what he was trying to do with the franchise, that Cam could lead a mutiny of sorts because his personality is so much stronger than anyone else in that locker room, including Matt Rule to a certain extent. Maybe he felt like he just had to get him out of there. But I never really felt that uh, owner David Tepper wanted Cam gone. Like, I've never really caught that vibe that he, he was just really kind of letting uh, personnel people do what they do with personnel and he was staying out of it. But this kind of smelled more like, Tepper stepped in and was like, look, we've tried it your way. I've burned through damn near $60 million on two quarterbacks in two years or a year and a half. Uh, Cam is out there. He's healthy. He hasn't played half the season. So this is the healthiest he's ever going to be. Let's give him a call and figure this out because I want to go to the playoffs. That's kind of how it, it feels like. We may never officially know uh, exactly how it went down, but it feels like this was more Tepper saying, hey, y'all need to call Cam than – uh, the way Rule described it, where it was him and Scott Ferrer sitting around like, hey, you know, Cam Newton's still available. Like, I don't know if it went down like that. But uh, my initial point with them worried about him being focused on football or whatnot, I went and clipped this from Monday, uh, the press conference, uh, head coach Matt Rule talking about Cam's focus on football, along with other stars on the team. Yeah, so I, I think what we're going to do, you know, we'll give Cam most of the reps this week. You know, PJ will get reps, obviously, you know, as, as you know, as, as, he, as he always has. But I will give Cam most of the reps and try to get him as, uh, you know, as brought up to speed as possible. Um, I thought he did a great job last week, you know, having 10 plays that he was kind of ready for, 10 to 15, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start getting him ready. And if, if he's ready to start, great. And uh, if it's, a, you know, if he's not quite ready yet to do everything, then, you know, obviously PJ's available. Um, so, um, you know, it's kind of that plan right now. So there's a lot to learn when you take, you know, the two-minute package and the end-of-game package and the final plays. There's a lot to learn in a short amount of time. It's hard to do. So we'll, we'll do as best we can and, and see where we are later in the week. But we will get most of the reps. So uh, for the the P.J. Walker fans that are out there, so Panthers win 34-10 to 10 over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals had the best record in the, uh, the league until they ran across the Panthers on Sunday. They're now 8-2. and two. Uh, And – P.J. Walker, 22 for 29, 167 yards, didn't throw for a TD, had one interception. I just want people to understand that 10 of those uh, receptions that Philip Walker completed were to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were it felt like everything he threw was just the check down to McCaffrey. He didn't really try anything really deep uh, or threatening. It was basically clear everybody out, throw it to McCaffrey, get eight yards, do it again. And people are like, well, P.J. deserves a start because look at his stat line. He had a great game. I didn't think he had a great game. I felt like he had a safe game. And yep. that's not a good enough reason to leave Cam Newton on the bench. That's not why you brought Cam Newton in here. No, it's not. I mean, I've said this for I don't know how long now, but P.J. Walker is a backup quarterback. And I think you you alluded to it the other, uh, maybe last week showed that 
if it weren't for Matt Rule, he's probably not even in the NFL. I mean, that's just that's just is what it is with him. He got an opportunity in the XFL. Uh, maybe somebody would have snatched him up, but I don't know if he would still be in the NFL. You know, two years after he signed. Yeah. But I mean, he he's to me he's a practice squad type quarterback. He's a third string borderline practice squad type quarterback that isn't going to be on a lot of other rosters. He's got an opportunity here. Moving forward, I think it's going to be interesting because I think if Cam does struggle, which is a possibility, again, he has only been on the team for not even a week, and he doesn't know the playbook a whole lot yet. I mean, it's going to take some time for him to gain that chemistry, gain the confidence in the playbook. And let's face it, he hasn't played all year except for Sunday. So if there are struggles, don't be surprised that P.J. Walker does get a chance to to go in there and and lead the offense for a little bit. And they may go back to, you know, at some point, if, if the whole cam starting thing just doesn't seem to work, they may go with a two-quarterback system from here on out. I mean, that Matt Rule is going to do anything or anything and everything that he can do to win. It doesn't matter how he gets it done. It might be ugly, but at the end of the day, as long as they win, it keeps his job safe. It keeps the fans happy. So I think what we're going to see this week, as Matt Rule talked about it already, Cam's going to get the majority of the first team reps. I would say by Thursday, we're going to know if Cam Newton is going to start and potentially get the overwhelming majority of the snaps. If it's Thursday and it still kind of seems like Cam's still coming along and may not be as up to speed, I think we'll see Cam start, but I think we'll see P.J. Walker as well. So it's going to be a kind of a day-by-day thing. But, again, as as, as Rule talked about uh, following the game Sunday, you know, Cam Newton's a veteran. He knows a lot of the things that they're going to do. I mean, basically every every team runs the same plays, the same formations. They just have a different word for it. You know, right. they, yeah. they, it's all different terminology. So at the end of the day, if you can get the terminology down, it's football at the end of the day, and he should be able to get uh, ready for Sunday. I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking bad about P.J. Walker. I, I think he did exactly what he was supposed to do on Sunday. Yeah. Um, it heavily contributed to us being able to win the football game. So I don't want to say, sit here and be like, P.J. Walker sucks or we blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. But – I just understand what we have in the garage. So I personally, especially with it being Washington coming in with Ron Rivera, if there's any coach on the planet that knows some way to kind of defend Cam Newton, it's Ron Rivera. So I kind of don't mind if the PJ starts again this Sunday against Washington and they just increase the, uh, the amount of snaps that Cam gets. So instead of it being, you know, eight or nine snaps, maybe he gets, 10 or 15 or 20 snaps during the game and or because they did start doing that uh in the second half where it was like okay well he's already out there let's just leave him out there for the first down and see what happens you know so they, they're starting to play with it a little bit uh without being a detriment to the game result itself but maybe it's better to ease him in a little bit more get him even more comfortable uh versus washington do the same thing he just did rely on mccaffrey to move the chains and then the following week, you have Miami, who's they're a dumpster fire right now. They're falling apart. So that might be the the spot to start him in. Uh, I wouldn't start him Sunday just to get the moment of him running out the tunnel with the smoke. And I wouldn't do it just for that. You can do that and him not start. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine that moment on Sunday. I went to go look up tickets while this was going on on Tuesday after he officially had signed. 
and ticket prices had already doubled on StubHub within an hour of, of them signing him. And I was just like, OK, <laughs> so that's not going to be feasible. But but mainly I wanted to go for that moment. I wanted to go to see him come out that tunnel with his number one you know, finger raised and the crowd going nuts and the smoke going everywhere, because that's just that's Panther football. And I think this whole thing for me, it kind of reminds me of and people might take this a, a different way, but it reminds me of 1995 Chicago when Jordan came back, like out of retirement, where yeah. the team, the team was like kind of on the edge of the playoff race. And it wasn't the same team he had left. Like the team before was basically the 93 Bulls roster without Jordan. And they got to the Eastern Conference semifinals or whatever with Pippen and Grant and, you know, those guys. The team in 95, a lot of those guys like Grant had left. So really there was only like Scottie Pippen and a couple of hand, a holdovers. And that was it. So it wasn't the same team. And then Jordan comes back and all of a sudden they're contenders. And like this reminded me of that. I was trying to think of a situation in sports where a guy gets, you know, cut or traded or moved off of a team and then has a chance to come back to that team in such a short period of time. It's only been a year and a half, you know, since they let him go. It seems a lot longer, but it does. Yeah, it really does. But immediate immediate impact like you could measure the impact of him being back on this roster and i was trying to think of an instance in sports where that's happened before and i couldn't i landed on that 95 bulls team with jordan coming out of retirement not to say cam newton is equal to michael jordan athletically in any way shape or form but the, the 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 situation was similar where the team just automatically was just like you know business picked up you know the man is back in the building like like it's just a different vibe you know when you're following a, a leader that you've seen do things that you haven't seen like mortals do before and like has led you and he's probably the most beloved sports figure in charlotte's sports history now that i'm sitting here kind of well i don't know that's a loaded question actually now that i've said it out loud i don't really know he's got to be up there he's on the mount rushmore yeah he's got to be top Top three easily. I mean, who would be the Mount Rushmore of Charlotte sports? Like, I guess Cam uh, Smitty's probably on there. Uh, Dale Earnhardt probably. Luke then, definitely. Luke. I mean, we haven't even touched any Hornets. I mean, Larry Johnson. I've always said Larry Johnson's the most popular Hornet of all time. People say it's Kimball Walker, but I'm like, nah, you had to be outside when <laughs> when the Hornets first got here. Like, it was the Hornets were doing this when they when the Panthers got here. They kind of stole a little bit of the buzz from the Hornets because before we had the Panthers, the Hornets were it. I mean, we weren't even that good, but yeah. like they were selling out every night. Like they, I think they held a record for most sellouts in North America or something like that, like consecutive or whatever. Mugsy uh, Bugs, Mugsy Bugs, LJ, well, you know, Grandmama, Alonzo Mourning, Kendall Gill, and those guys. Like the early '90s Hornets was it, and uh, it just. I'm trying to think when Cam came back, and I'm looking online on social media at the reactions of people that are just genuinely happy that they brought him back. Now, granted, you're going to have the people, ah, oh, he sucks. This is why we got him in the first place. He only threw for eight yards. You know, th- th- you're going to have detractors. I've learned that. You're going to have haters regardless. But I was so happy to see the reaction of the fans being so happy that Cam was back. And I don't know if even Cam expected – uh, the, the outpouring from the fan base of just genuine gratitude. And the, and the thing that was bothering the most on social media was that people were taken out as being like, oh, you know, Panther fans think they're going to the Super Bowl now and they're going to win every game. No, 
we're just happy to we're just happy to have something to cheer for. We just went through the worst month ever <laughs> watching Sam Darnold throw it to just random objects. And then out the blue, the dude that we've been cheering for for a decade, our number one draft pick, our our only MVP in franchise history. He's back now and he's healthy. And he's 32. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, why can't we be happy that this happened to us? I, I don't understand the logic of some Panther fans online. I mean, how how great of a story would it be? And, again, I know this is very, very unlikely, but if the Panthers were to just make a, a, a run down this, these, these final seven games, get into the playoffs, I'm telling you, with this defense, there's no telling how far this team could go. Who wants because to play it? When you get to play this team in the playoffs, you know? When you get to the playoffs, it's do or die. And some of these teams, I, I got the play, NFL playoff picture pulled up here. You got the, the Packers and Cardinals uh, at the top with the, the Cowboys and Buccaneers. So those four teams all have really good offenses. Out of those four teams, maybe you could say the Cardinals are the only team that has like a legit defense. I mean, Dallas, Dallas' secondary is pretty Dallas good. Dallas has gotten a little solid, yeah, on yeah. defense. But, but outside of that, I mean, they beat the Cardinals. They, they, yeah. they, who knows what would have happened if they would have played the Cowboys now. We're going to see them play the Buccaneers twice. You get to a do-or-die situation and you have that defense, you have a chance. Like, that. that's – at the end of the day, that's that's what you need to win championships is a solid defense. You're not going to win outscoring people week after week. So, I think the Panthers are just – they're just kind of praying and hoping that they can get to the postseason – and take it one day, one game at a time, because at that point, anything can happen. We've seen crazier things happen. Mm-hmm. How story? How much of a story would that be? To see Cam Newton come back, oh gosh, team <laughs> the playoffs, and go on a run. That that would be like, I, I can't even. Huh. That, <laughs> there's <laughs> only been there's only been like one time in my life well twice where i've been brought to tears because of a sports moment and it happened in the same weekend and it was uh north carolina's final four run in 2017 where they had lost in the last second shot to villanova the year before in 2016 in the final and everybody pretty much came back and luke may shot against kentucky uh, in the Elite Eight that sent them to the Final Four, I was a blubbering baby at the end of that game. Like, literally, like, it just – I don't know where it came from. It just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then they get to the Final Four, get back to the national championship game, uh, beat Gonzaga, and that final couple of seconds of that game, it just felt like an emotional release as a Carolina fan to see them not only win it, but to be with them for the whole story, you know, like to, to been with them the year before, which was probably a better team roster wise, but to see that hurt and to lose that way on a bank shot three pointer at the end, as time expires to lose the national championship, to be able to battle all the way back to the national championship the following year and complete the job. That would be like that for me with cam, like to come full circle, to be able to take the franchise that drafted you first overall it wouldn't be with Rivera, which would be poetic justice, but for him to be able to come back as a different player, a more mature player, like this is the most mature I've ever seen Cam Newton, like ever. Like his answers are more guarded. He seems more grounded. Like it, the, the the whole experience feels like it's like it's humbled him a little bit, I guess. Uh, had to have helped being in the building with the Patriots for over a year, just seeing what they do and how they go about 
operating uh, from the top name on the roster to the, you know, the janitor, they operate in a certain way. And I got to think that that's rubbed off on cam just being there for, you know, over a year and just absorbing how they go about handling their business that can only help. So, I mean, it really comes down to how healthy is cam. I mean, he seems fine to me and we'll find out here as they unleash more of the playbook. Uh, I feel like they could really kind of lean into a lot of RPO, like with him and McCaffrey, you know, because that's what they were doing before. And that's back then it was like, how do you guard this? Like, you know, how do you guard this RPO option with McCaffrey and Cam? And then you throw in having DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson on the outside where you can kind of play with that. I think this is an opportunity for offensive coordinator Joe Brady to redeem his name because I think it's taken a battering because of Sam Darnold. Uh, a lot of it, uh, some of it because of his just, you know, love for throwing the football. But this is an opportunity for Joe Brady to reclaim his status as this offensive wonder kid by putting some kind of package together that would spotlight Cam Newton and this offense. Because I I do feel like he's never had an offense in the pros that's had this many weapons surrounding him as he does right at this moment. Yeah, and if, if you remember, really, when Cam was last playing for the Panthers, um the RPO really wasn't like a a known thing yet. It really hadn't developed quite yet. It there was there was always the read option. There was always that, but I felt like the RPO really kind of evolved and developed in the last like two to three years. So like yeah. when he was healthy, the RPO was really never as as big as it is today. So now I think this is kind of the first time teams are going to have to guard, you know, or, or game plan for that. And that's just a whole other element that you have to worry about. And we saw Christian McCaffrey on Sunday, and I'm telling you, like, I, I know that everything is around Cam Newton right now, but if Christian McCaffrey <laughs> plays like that, I mean, how, how are you going to stop this offense? I mean, seriously, because you have to account for McCaffrey in the passing game. You have to account for Newton in the running game. They're doing they, – they're, they're literally – doing what the each other's jobs are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Cam's <laughs> running the ball and and Christian's not passing the ball, but I mean he's he's getting involved in a passing game. Then you have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. It's like before the season even started, we kept saying, oh, they have all these weapons. Well now it can actually happen. Yeah. And now they have a driver. It, before it was like we mistook the driver they had as someone that could do it. Now right. we've seen this guy do it with less. And now it's like I've been on board with this like I felt like the Panthers spent two drafts building offensive weapons for Cam Newton. And then when they were done with that, they let Cam Newton go. So it was like, we never saw, we never saw Cam with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and Tommy Trimble and Terrence Marshall Jr. Like we never saw him with all these weapons that they started investing in the draft. Now he's here. And if they can get enough into his head play wise, I think the RPO is going to be the staple. Like I think that honestly, you know what they should really copy? They should copy the Baltimore Ravens offense. Yeah. That's where that's where they should be. Because the Baltimore Ravens offense to me is basically an extension of what the Panthers were doing in 2015. Like they're they're literally running everything through Lamar Jackson, but they run this RPO. It doesn't really matter who the running back is, because Lamar is the is the worry, you know. Like they run this RPO through Lamar and they've expanded what Carolina was doing in 2015 because Carolina was running a lot of read option with uh, Cam and Jonathan Stewart uh, in 2015 and Fozzie Whitaker. And then by the time they got to 2018, when they had McCaffrey, 
they had started sprinkling in some pass options with it. But to like you said, it wasn't a full staple of the offense. I say you can go full blown with it with Cam. And at that point, you can shrink the playbook. And then it's just a matter of simple routes, misdirection. It's a numbers game, really. It becomes more of that than it does, you know, memorize Z slant 100 right jumbo pull, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't have to worry about all that. It's just a matter of playing the game of, okay, there's three guys lined up over here. I've got four blockers over here. Let's go to the left. You know, like, let's just make it as simple as possible for them to use their athletic ability. Uh, McCaffrey, though, to your point, 13 carries for 95 yards. He was averaging 7.3 yards per carry. Uh, 10 receptions for 66 yards, uh, 6.6 yards per uh, reception. Uh, other stars from uh, Sunday, Hassan Reddick had one and a half sacks. Uh, Shaq Thompson felt like he was shot out of a cannon, it looked like, uh, on Sunday. He had a couple of hits where I was just like, ooh, like in the living room because he just kind of popped into your screen all of a sudden. Uh, the whole team, it was a team win. Um the offensive line looked really good. Dude. They looked great for the second week in a row. And, and this goes back to what I was saying before, that maybe some of the offensive line problems weren't just the offensive line. Maybe it was Darnold waiting five, six seconds to try to wait for somebody to get open and taking a coverage sack. And the line gets blamed for that. But if uh, if you're going to switch it, I've always felt like, you know, if, you're, if your line is having problems blocking, go more to a run game. The offensive linemen prefer to run block than pass block any day of the week when they can get downhill on somebody and they know where the ball is going, they'd rather do that. And the Panthers ran for uh, 166 yards on Sunday, which is nuts. You know, like that's not yeah. what we've been doing. <laughs> but uh, if they do that with that defense, like you said, hey, December and January might become really fun. Yeah, my uh, my theory, or I don't know what you call this, but uh, I think maybe David Tepper said, when we hire Matt Rule, we're going to tank for two years, and that way we can bring Cam back, have all these weapons, and make it right. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, nah, nah, obviously that's not the case because they wouldn't have spent all that money on the quarterback situation. No, I don't, think, I don't think Tepper would be like, you know what, let me spend $45 million on <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and uh, – and uh, Sam Darl. Oh, or maybe it was just a, a cover, just to show that you know, <laughs> hey, we're not tanking essentially. But <laughs> can but and before I forget this, can we please let the whole we shouldn't have let Teddy Bridgewater go thing go away now that yeah. we all witnessed Teddy basically decide to not tackle a dude that <laughs> intercepted the ball from him uh, on Sunday? Like I didn't see the the actual video until actually this morning of Teddy making a, a business decision to just not even bother to try to tackle the guy. I don't want a guy like that on my team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just don't – that kind of – that shows true colors to me. Like, you're not even willing to try to correct the mistake you just made on the football field. Like, you're going to literally – it was like a like a maitre d', like escorting somebody to their table. <laughs> like, it wasn't even – he didn't even try. Yeah, see, and so, well, some people might say, well, Cam did it in the Super Bowl where he didn't go for the fumble, but – that was more bang bang, and, yeah, it, and uh, that was. I think had his hand on the ball already. Like, yeah, it's just, ugh. it was, <laughs> and also I think it was almost a. Um, I'm trying to remember because it, it happened so long. It seemed like so long ago that it almost felt like he was shocked that the ball had been on the ground. Like, yeah, yeah, it happened so quick. Like, and then he did lunge for it. Who started to, but by the time he started to go for it, the defensive tackle on the ground already had his meaty arm around the ball. I think it was Demarcus Lawrence or yeah. uh, where uh, was that his name? 
for the Broncos? Uh, I think it was where. Yeah, I think he had already started grabbing the ball on the ground. Cam took that step back, and then the ball squirted again. It's just like if, if you watch anything in slow motion, you're going to have a different opinion of it than right. you know, real time or what yeah. happened. I've well, never he had, held that against him. Um, Teddy saw the dude coming the whole way. <laughs> yeah, Teddy saw him coming from like 10 yards out and just kind of ushered him through. <laughs> so like the, all the people that are like, oh, Teddy's playing great, blah, blah, blah. Teddy's playing the exact same way he did when he was here. He, he, he's a very accurate thrower. He's not going to throw it very deep. He's not going to lose a lot of games for you. But he's not going to go out and win games for you either. He's just a very serviceable quarterback, and they just didn't work out uh, at the end. But if we had to go through all of that just to get back to Cam Newton, I'm fine with that. That's you know that's fine, whatever. So (laughs) Cam is here, and the Panthers now have even their record to five and five on the season. Uh, Let's look ahead here, uh, Skylar, to Sunday. They play a Washington football team that uh, just beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. But uh, they lost Chase Young to a torn ACL for the season. What are your thoughts on this Panthers-Washington matchup? I know everyone's talking about the Cam Newton you know, reunion, and, and rightfully so. But let's not forget Panthers legend quarterback Taylor Heineke coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Heineke is going to – the fans are going to go crazy for him. No, I mean uh. – <laughs> but it is cool because, I mean, there's so many ties between these two organizations, more so former Panthers going to Washington. I mean, you got the head coach, Ron Rivera. He's he's coming back, which would be a cool moment, I think, for him. Hopefully they have some type of tribute or something for him because he deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, the one of the centers, Tyler Larson, he was with the Panthers last year. He's up there now. Curtis Samuel, oh, yeah. who's, oh, yeah. right. who's yeah. not going to be able to play because he's hurt, but I would assume he may try and make the trip considering how close he is with DJ and some of the other guys. Um, and I, I believe there's a couple of others too that I'm I'm forgetting. But, there, yeah, there's a lot of ties uh, between these two organizations. I think it's going to be a really, really insane moment come Sunday when the player lineups are announced. Um, I Like I've said before, the press box – it kind of you can't really hear everything as loud because they got that glass and it like it's very soundproof. Mm-hmm. You can still hear, and I think there there might be a time where that glass starts shaking because this place is going to go nuts. Oh, it's the the, the bank is going to be nuts on Sunday. Like I I can't wait to watch this on TV because I feel like because normally Fox or CBS they don't even show like the the players running in. They're going to yeah. show this one. Like they, oh, yeah. they're going to make a point to have a camera. Uh, at that tunnel when he comes out and um, it's crazy. Cause like you said, Washington and Carolina that it goes way back even further than Cam Newton, the relationship with uh, Washington and, and Carolina with the fan base here. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it down here, but growing up here uh, in North Carolina, this used to be Redskin country. You know, this before the Panthers existed, the one o'clock game every Sunday was the Washington Redskins versus somebody. And then the four o'clock game was the Cowboys. So every Sunday, that was our that was our viewing area here. Uh, so there was a large contingent of Redskin Washington football team uh, fans from the Joe Gibbs era. That you know, if you're under the age of forty five, you probably don't remember it. But if you're around that age or older, you're probably still a, a, a Skins fan, and yeah, you but- still wear the burgundy coat and all that stuff. They should. There's get there uh, those games over Atlanta. 
Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta's never been like the, we've always looked at Atlanta football wise as like a rival uh, to Washington and others. Uh, But in baseball, yeah, the Braves were, you know, beloved here because there's no baseball team, you know, until you get to like uh, DC pretty much. But in football, yeah, this was Redskin country, the whole state and the entire state at 1 PM would get that game. So when the Panthers got here in 95, that one o'clock slot went away. And you no longer could watch the Redskins at one o'clock in North Carolina. You were going to get the Panther game. So that created a division between those fan bases, between the Panther fan bases and the Washington fan base, because they wanted their team back on the TV and you couldn't get it because now we have our own home team. So that's been stemming for about as long as the Panthers have existed, uh, 27 plus years. So this kind of is a rivalry game of sorts because of the fan bases and Carolina's lost three straight at home. So it's not like it's an easy game for Carolina I know that uh Washington's trotting out a mass unit at this point um their defense was uh, assumed to be a top 10 unit at the beginning of the year and I know they've lost Chase Young uh but again if there's a coach out there a defensive coach out there that can scheme for Cam Newton it's probably the dude that watched him in practice every day for the past eight years and that would be Ron Rivera uh but just having Cam return Rivera return Carolina's in the thick of the playoff race uh they have Miami after this they have to win this is a must-win game I believe they have to win this game they can't go to five and six and lose to a team like Washington with Miami and Atlanta coming up they really need to win the next three they can win the next three and get to eight and five with uh the last four left would be Buffalo Atlanta and Tampa twice that shakes up pretty well for a team that's trending up right now, especially with it getting colder and the defense that we have and the run game. I'm imagining they're going to start leaning on with Cam back in this offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually doing an article on it right now. It'll be out today on oh, talking about how these these next three games are really going to kind of really be make or break for their playoff hopes because you get to that four game stretch. If they're not eight and five, it is going to be very very difficult. I mean, very difficult because Buffalo is maybe a little overrated, I would say. I mean, they're a very good football team. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like they've beaten up on a lot of people. They've they've not really beaten a lot of great teams yet. Um, but they have the talent. And I think that defense alone is going to be very, very hard for Carolina to go up against. And that's going to be like that – may, that may be a 10-7 to 7 game. But, yeah. I mean – the, playing Buffalo is going to be very hard. I think New Orleans has that bad taste in their mouth from earlier in the year, uh, but they do have Trevor Simeon at quarterback now. So who knows what that's going to be? But mm-hmm. they, but they're going to be very upset about how things happen earlier in the year. In Tampa, I mean, Tom Brady's pissed right now. So <laughs> it feels it like too straight. Yeah. It feels like that time of the year where Tom's going to kick it into the next gear and say, screw everybody, and I'm just going to go dominate. So um, they're, they're catching the, a bad time. I think they, they would have loved to have Tampa around, you know, this time of the year, you know, middle of October maybe. But I don't know. I think if you get to that four-game stretch and they're not eight and five, it does not bode well for them to make the playoffs. I think they have to win these three games because you don't know – how much of those game, those last four that you're going to win, if any? Yeah. The, the NFC, I'm looking at the standings here, and we're up against it. The NFC looks drunk 
because there's only six teams <laughs> that are above 500 in the entire conference. Uh, the Cowboys in the NFC East, the Cardinals and the Rams in the West, the Packers in the North, and the Bucks and Saints in the South, and then the Panthers are at five and five. So they're in that seventh spot. Uh, but everybody lost. Uh, the Bucks have lost two straight. The Saints have lost two straight. Uh, the Cards, of course, lost to us. The Rams have lost two straight. Um, the Cowboys had lost the week prior and then turned it around this past week. I don't know who's coming out of here. Like, I mean, it really sets up for to what your point was earlier in the show. If the Panthers can just get in at six or seven, I'm going to in January, I'm looking for the teams that can run the football and can play defense. And at that point, the Panthers may be sitting on, the, you know, still the second best overall defense in the league. And if McCaffrey's still out there and Cam is integrated in the run game. I don't know if any of these teams that are on this list, they're going to want to deal with the Panthers run game and a stout defense. Like maybe the, the Cowboys maybe, but that's another thing too. People forget before all this cam stuff happened last week, the Panthers were very aggressive over the past month with their roster. Like most of these teams that were worried about like the Packers, the Bucks, uh, the Cardinals went healthy, the Rams, the Cowboys, they all are teams that have one thing in common. They have multiple options at wide receiver. They can send out more than two dudes at you. So you have to have more than two DBs to cover them. Out of all these teams I just named, there's only one team that's currently in the playoff race that can actually play against these other offenses defensively man-to-man. It's Carolina. For what they've yeah. done, uh, A.J. Boye has played great the past three weeks. No one's really mentioned his name, but he keeps popping up on my screen. Stefan Gilmore has been everything and more for what we gave up to go get him. He has been fantastic back there. Uh, Dante Jackson had an interception on Sunday. He's playing probably the best year of his career. Uh, CJ Henderson is still kind of getting up to snuff. They're getting uh, Justin Burris. I think he played this past Sunday. Like their, their secondary might be elite, uh, you know, in terms of where they are. I think they're the second rated uh, passing defense in the league and they've been there all year. So I'll take my chances with, this defense now for all the haters out there me and Skylar are not suggesting that the Panthers are going to make the Super Bowl and it's guaranteed and you know we're going to win every game and all that stuff we're just looking at what we have in front of us and what the Panthers need to do to be successful going forward um any last words Skylar uh Panthers take on the Washington football team 1 p.m I believe it's on Fox uh this Sunday return of head coach Ron Rivera the first home game uh, for Cam Newton back, it's going to be nuts. What, what are your thoughts on you know, final thoughts and everything? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting game, uh, not only for the pregame festivities and, and welcoming R- Rivera and Newton back, but it, it's going to be very uh, – I think it's going to be a good football game. I mean, Washington just beat Tampa Bay and did so pretty convincingly. I mean, this is a team that's kind of on the come up. They, they got out to a slow start. Obviously, the defense hasn't been as good as advertised, but – Taylor Heineke, again, former Panthers legend, uh, playing probably above what his expectations are. So I I think this is going to be a game where it's going to come down to who can get the, I would say, maybe the the first of 20 points in this game. I I really don't see it being a high-scoring game. I mean, Carolina, you know, their their new identity offensively is is going to be to run the football with Christian, put in a little bit with Cam, and they don't mind winning games 17-13, 20 to 17. That they they are completely fine with that, especially with the defense that they have. 
I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. Um, I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and throw out a prediction. I, I'll say 20, I'll, I'll make this really close 20 mm-hmm. to 19, Carolina. I, um, I'll do the same. I, I'm not going to say it's close though. I think Carolina is going to continue on with what happened on Sunday, uh, just because it's the first home game for Cam being there. I think that stadium is going to be juiced. Um, the last time I can remember it being juiced was the 2015 playoff run when they played Seattle and then they played Arizona. Uh, that stadium was nuts, uh, especially for that Seattle game because Seattle had been putting Carolina out the, the couple years prior uh, and Carolina get a chance to host it. And Carolina just jumped on them early. Um, I want to say that was the game where I think it was Fozzie Whitaker or no, or Jonathan Stewart. We're on the running back. Something happened on like a handoff or something through the line and got bobbled and it went to another guy. And it was just like a, a fluke type of thing, but that kind of set off everything. And it was snowballing in terms of scoring uh, for the Panthers. Seattle tried to make a little bit of a comeback in the second half, but by then they just ran out of time. And then the following week, the same thing happened. A smothering Panthers defense playing against Arizona, uh, the right to go to the Super Bowl. And Carolina just came out and just put their boots to Arizona from the very beginning. And Cam had a lot to do with that energy. I feel like the same thing is going to happen on Sunday. I'm going to pick Carolina 28 to 13 uh, over the Washington football team. I feel like Washington's just missing too many things on offense. And the defense for Carolina is just going to show up regardless of who's uh, playing offense for Carolina. So, that's my prediction. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we've probably just jinxed the team, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Cam Newton's back in the building. Um, you can follow us, listen to previous episodes of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow Skyler and his work uh, daily, which I would highly recommend, uh, especially with Newton back in the building over at Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. Uh, for the latest, I host a show at the end of the week, uh, stuff throughout the week as well. So definitely check out what we're doing uh, out here regarding the Panthers and everything else. So for Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Carolina taking on the Washington football team 1 p.m. on Sunday on Fox. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.